Welcome to Real Paranormal Activity, the network. Entertainment you'll enjoy. You are listening to an RPA production where people gather. Foss Corporation, LLC. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Terry's Mysterious Moments. This is Season 6, so sit back and enjoy. Listen to some stories of the weird, of the odd, of the strange and unusual some ghost stories, some cryptid stories, some just strange stuff. Again, welcome to Season 6. Enjoy! Hello everybody, this is Terry from Texas with another episode of Terry's Mysterious Moments, Season 6. In past shows, I have told you about certain strange happenings all over the earth. For instance, the Zone of Silence in Mexico, the Taos Hum, Singing Rocks, Falls of Fish, Frogs, Blood, Strange Sounds like Trumpets sounding throughout the skies, Odd Animals, Cryptids throughout the earth, and strange mysteries from all over. These are things which interest me, and I hope you too. Here is the story and proposed explanation of another mysterious place on earth, the Band of Holes, also known in Spanish as Monte Sierpe, or Serpent Mountain, or Serra Viruela, Smallpox Hill down in Peru. The Band of Holes is a series of somewhere between five and seven thousand man-sized holes found in the Pisco Valley on the Nazca Plateau in Peru. Now the Nazca Plateau is famous for other things which we'll talk about later. Local people have no idea who made them or how they were used. Over the years, it has been speculated that they were graves, defensive positions, or storage places. Recent thought is that they were storage pits built during the time of the Inca Empire, which lasted from 1438 to 1533. The band extends in a basically north-south orientation over uneven terrain. The band begins at the edge of a valley and runs up a hill for about a mile. The holes, which are actually pits with raised edges, are about 40 inches in diameter and 20 to 40 inches deep. They are arranged in discernible blocks or segments along a band that varies in width from 45 to 69 feet with an average width of about 62 feet. 
Modern attention was drawn to the site in 1933 when the aviator Robert Shippey published an aerial photograph in National Geographic. Victor Wolfgang von Hagen surveyed the area in 1953. In The Royal Road of the Inca, he described these as pre-Inca graves, writing that these circular stone-lined, although unused graves, lay in rows, seven to nine, and marched up the 50-degree angle to the slope, called Mount Sierpe, that is, the shaking line of graves reminding the one who named it of a serpent. There are over 5,000 such graves, empty, graves insofar as they are circular and stone-lined, and some of the same construction of other graves which are found with mummies, weavings, and pottery. For years, ever since 1931, they appeared on the photographic plates of the aerial surveys of the Shippey Johnson expedition. They were the strange and mysterious pockmarks, but when discovered and surveyed by the Von Hagen expedition in 1953, and thought to be unused graves, the mystery was compounded. The Inca engineers would have seen the same phenomena, but as in the case of the equally mysterious Nazca lines, they filled in those which interfered with the road and ran it over and through them. Other visits were made in the early 1970s by archeologists Dwight Wallace and Frederick Engel Archaeologist John Hislop wrote in his 1984 book, The Inca Road System, that circular structures, sometimes semi-subterranean, that may have been used for storage are also found on the Peruvian south coast in the sites Quebrada de la Vaca and at Tambo, Colorado. Hundreds of stone-lined circular holes and rows have been found on a low ridge on the north side of the Pisco Valley. Although their role has not been determined, a hypothesis for investigation is that they were used for storage. They are between two important Inca sites, Tambo, Colorado and Lima, La Vieja, and very near the point where the Inca coastal road crosses the road to the highlands. They might be one of the empire's larger storage sites. In 2015, archaeologists from UCLA made a brief visit to the site, using photography from drone aircraft to create a detailed map. They speculate that the holes could have been used to measure produce given to the Inca state as tribute. The measurements might have been recorded on Incan quipus and reported to government officials. Kipus are knotted strings which properly translated can tell a story. Uh, possibly the amount of produce in this case. Dubbed the Band of Holes, the road climbs the slope of Peru's Monte Sierpe in a region that has been home to complex human settlements for thousands of years. The rock here is so hard 
that the people who built it did not bother to dig their carefully sized holes, each is about three feet wide and 20 to 40 inches deep. Instead, they constructed the nearly 7,000 holes out of soil and fist-sized rocks they brought from elsewhere. Seen from above, the band of holes looks like a ribbon of precisely placed fire pits or maybe an infinite punch card. For those of you that don't know what a punch card is, it's how computers used to read data a long time ago. Though locals have always known about the band of holes, it's possible that archaeologists have ignored it, that it's hard to see except from the air. Today, two archaeologists, Charles Stanish and Henry Tantalian, are exploring it with drones. Good use of modern technology here. In seeing photos of this weird strip of land, it looks to me as much like a mile long, up to 70 foot wide strip of bubble wrap. Each rank of holes is offset from the preceding and following ranks in an obvious honeycomb pattern. And this mile long strip is also odd in that there are obvious sections as though laying down a long line of paper sheets. Whether these holes are graves, which is not likely, or fighting positions, much like modern foxholes are fighting holes, which is also questionable, or more probably a place to measure tributes to the government, as it were, the fact is they occupy a great place in the Museum of the Weird that is this island Earth. Now speaking of the Nazca Plains, the Nazca Plains probably have quite a few mysteries hiding in plain sight, but the Nazca Lines, which are geoglyphs made in the soil of the Nazca Desert in southern Peru, don't hide so much. They were supposedly created between 500 BC and AD 500 by people making depressions or shallow incisions in the desert floor, removing pebbles and leaving differently colored dirt exposed. There are two major phases of the Nazca Lines. The Paracas phase from 400 to 200 BC and the Nazca phase from 200 BC to 500 AD. In the years leading up to 2020, between 80 and 100 new figures had been found with the use of drones and archaeologists believe that there are more to be found. Most lines run straight across the landscape, but there are also figurative designs of animals and plants. The individual figurative geoglyph designs measure between 440 and 1200 yards across. The combined length of all the lines is over 800 miles. Now this is not in one straight line. These are lines that are laid out all over the plains and go different directions. But they're pretty much straight and the group covers an area of about 19 square miles. The lines are typically four to six inches deep, 
and they were made by removing the top layer of reddish brown iron oxide coated pebbles to reveal a yellow gray subsoil very much like they they did in England and on the British Isles where they would cut down through the topsoil to the chalk below and thus leave geoglyphs in the in the uh, soil. The width of the lines varies considerably but over half or slightly over 13 inches wide. In some places they may only be 12 inches wide and, and in others they're six foot wide. Some of the Nazca lines form shapes that are best seen from the air at around 1600 feet, though they are also visible from the surrounding foothills in other high places. The shapes are usually made from one continuous line. The largest ones are about 400 yards long. Because of its isolation and the dry, windless, stable climate of the plateau, the lines have mostly been preserved naturally. Extremely rare changes in weather may temporarily alter the general designs. As of 2012, the lines are said to have been deteriorating because of an influx of squatters inhabiting the land. The figures vary in complexity. Hundreds are simple lines in geometric shapes. More than 70 are zoomorphic designs, including a hummingbird, a spider, a fish, a condor, a heron, a monkey, lizard, dog, cat, and a human. Other shapes include trees and flowers. Scholars differ in interpreting the purpose of the designs, but in general, they ascribe religious significances to them, and they were designated in 1994 as a UNESCO World Heritage Site. The high arid plateau stretches more than 50 miles between the towns of Nazca and Palpa on the Pampas de Jomana, approximately 250 miles south of Lima. The main PE1S Panamericana sewer runs parallel to it. The main concentration of designs are in a six by two mile rectangle south of the hamlet of San Miguel de la Pascana. In this area, the most notable geoglyphs are visible. The first published mention of the Nazca lines was by Pedro Cieza de Leon in his book of 1553, and he described them as trail markers. In 1569, Luis Monzon reported to have seen ancient ruins in Peru, including the remains of Rhodes. Although the lines were partially visible from nearby hills, the first to report them in the 20th century were Peruvian military and civilian pilots. In 1927, a Peruvian archaeologist spotted them while he was hiking through the foothills, and he later discussed them at a conference in Lima in 1939. Paul Kosak, an American historian from Long Island University in New York, is credited as the first scholar to study the Nazca lines in depth while in Peru in 1940 and 41 to study ancient irrigation systems. 
he flew over the lines and realized that one was in the shape of a bird. Another chance observation helped him see how lines converged on the horizon at the winter solstice in the southern hemisphere. He began to study how the lines might have been created, as well as to try to determine their purpose. He was joined by archaeologist Richard Schadel from the United States and Maria Reich, a German mathematician and archaeologist from Lima, to try to determine the purpose of the Nazca lines. They proposed that the figures were designed as astronomical markers on the horizon to show where the sun and other celestial bodies rose on significant dates. Archaeologists, historians, and mathematicians have all tried to determine the purpose of the lines. Determining how they were made has been easier than determining why they were made. It sometimes seems that the hows of mysteries are much easier to grasp than the whys of mysteries. Scholars have theorized that the Nazca people could have used simple tools and surveying equipment to construct the lines. Archaeological surveys have found wooden stakes in the ground at the end of some lines, which supports this theory. One such stake was carbon dated and was the basis for establishing the age of the design complex. Joe Nickel, an American investigator of the paranormal, of religious artifacts and folk mysteries, reproduced the figures in the early 21st century by using the same tools and technology that would have been available to the Nazca people. In so doing, he refuted the 1969 hypothesis of Eric von Deineken, who suggested that ancient astronauts had constructed these works. Scientific American characterized Nichols' work as remarkable in its exactness when compared to the existing lines. With careful planning and simple technologies, Nickel proved that a small team of people could recreate even the largest figures within days without any aerial assistance. The Nazca used this technique to draw several hundred simple but huge curvilinear animal and human figures. In total, the earthwork project is huge and complex. The area encompassing the lines is nearly 100 square miles, and the largest figures can span nearly 1,200 feet. Some figures have been measured. The hummingbird is 305 feet long. The condor is 440 feet. The monkey is 305 by 190 feet and the spider is 154 feet. The discovery of two new small figures was announced early in 2011 by a Japanese team from Yamagata University. One of these resembles a human head and is dated to the early period of Nazca culture or earlier. The other, undated, is an animal. The team has been conducting field work there since 2006 and by 2012 has found approximately 100 new geoglyphs. In March of 2012, the university announced that it would open a new research center on the site in September of 2012, and that was related to a long-term project to study the area for the next 15 years. 
so up until around 2027-ish. A June 2019 article in Smithsonian Magazine describes recent work by a multidisciplinary team of Japanese researchers who identified or re-identified some of the birds depicted. They note that birds are the animals most frequently depicted in the Nazca geoglyphs. The team believes that some of the bird images that previous researchers assumed to be indigenous species more closely resemble exotic birds found in non-desert habitats. They speculated that the reason exotic birds were depicted in the geoglyphs instead of indigenous birds is closely related to the purpose of the etching process. The discovery of 143 new geoglyphs on the Nazca Pampa and in the surrounding area was announced in 2019 by Yamagata University and IBM Japan. One of these was found by using machine learning based methods. Lines forming the shape of a cat were discovered on a hill in 2020. The figure is on a steep slope prone to erosion explaining why it had not previously been discovered until archaeologists carefully revealed the image. Drones are revealing sites for further research. The Nazca lines are a wonderful curiosity, but I often wonder, as many do, why they were made. Why walk out a map of a hummingbird or a monkey or a spider for that matter. Were they a form of worship? Were they messages for interstellar visitors? The way my mind works in the far side school of thought says maybe an ancient jokester said one boring night, hey, why don't we go carve some grande animals out, of, out on the plains so that in a couple of thousand years, providing the Mayans aired on their calendar, people will see them and be very confused about them. You know, I would have joined him. Seriously, no TV, no radio, no podcasts, and the only music was hearing those irritating flutes all the time. Yeah, there are mysteries in the world. There are mysteries on the world. And sometimes there are mysteries under the world. We find them, we describe them, we discuss them, we make suppositions about them. Some are right, some are obviously wrong, but still, the search goes on for knowledge. Knowledge is not a bad thing, it's just how it's used. If you want to contact me at Terry's Mysterious Moments, you can do that on the Facebook page, and it's called Terry's Mysterious Moments, or you can email me at Terry's Mysterious Moments at gmail.com. Contact me if you want to. Let's talk about some things. That's about it. We'll be back again. Listen to the other shows. Have a good week, everybody.